Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're new to the show, I'd like to say welcome. If you're a returning listener, I'd like to say welcome back. Before we get started, I'd just like to ask you a favor. If you're currently streaming this episode, would you mind stopping it and downloading the episode and then listening to it? It's a good way for me to keep track of the downloads. And to be honest with you, the more downloads I get, the more I get paid. I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing that and maybe do it for all the content creators that you enjoy listening to. It's a great way for us to keep track of the downloads and put a little extra money in our pocket. So if I could ask you for one favor, that would be it. Now on to the show. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The pop drop, the pop drop. Just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm-hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk, proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and welcome to episode 117, your top eight Islanders fights from 2022-23. Actually, I guess they're my top eight Islanders fights from 2022-23. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for their feedback on the Burke Casabon episode. It was so much fun interviewing him, and uh, and I love all the feedback I got. There's obviously a lot of Shorzy fans out there, and um, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to to message me or text me or email me and let me know uh, what you thought of that. And Burke is definitely going to come back on probably in the fall, either before Shorzy season two comes out or shortly thereafter. But um, definitely was a blast having Burke on. And uh, in the near future, I'll definitely have Liam on, uh, Keegan Long. So uh, so we'll complete the teammates there. But, uh, but thank you again, everybody, for your feedback. Uh, so before we get to the nuts and bolts of this episode, if you're on social media and you'd like to connect, uh, via Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, please check the show notes. I have all the links right there and we can hook up. Uh, also Joe Marisich is the local Long Island legendary artist who created the logo for this very own program. Is that, that doesn't sound right, but, uh. I don't know. Easy for me to say. I think I try too hard sometimes. I don't know. But anyway, Joe Marisich created the logo for this show. And if you'd like to hire Joe for any art projects, you can reach him at GraphicsJoker on Twitter or LoudEgg.com. Joe also illustrated Islanders A to Z. And if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about that book, please also check the show notes as the link is there. As I said, I am a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. I believe this is the third episode that I've uh, put out as a member of the network. Uh, Each NHL team has at least one show dedicated to it. I think there might be some that have two. Uh, I'm not really too sure. Um, To be honest with you, I like more of the original content side, uh, like myself and um, just a few other people I'd like to mention here. Uh, The Fourth Line Voice podcast with my friend Darren. Uh, Darren is the OG of the Enforcer podcast genre, and his latest episode, I listened to it today, was with Ice Wars competitor Bo Jawbreaker Cornell. Excellent, excellent episode as always. And, you know, Darren has said uh, that sometimes he gets a little heat 
from people when he does these episodes with the uh, Ice Wars competitors. And I don't know why, to be honest, I don't know a lot about these guys outside of the interviews that Darren has done with them. And, uh, and I enjoy listening to them before the event. So I have some sort of background info on them. So, uh, I urge you, if you're a fan of the ice wars event, definitely. Uh, and even if you're not, uh, definitely check out Darren's latest episode that was released today. Bo jawbreaker Cornell. Also, please subscribe to the fourth line voice YouTube channel. You've been on it already. We know, we all know it because if you've ever watched the hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the fourth line voice YouTube channel. So definitely give that a follow. Uh, also the five for fighting podcast with Alec Colden Salen. Alec had promised us an episode last week sometime with the, uh, the boss of hit club hockey, the company that is putting out his merchandise. And from what I can gather, uh, just from looking at their stuff a little bit, um, it seems like they have deals with some of the minor league players, which I think is amazing. I think that's great. Um, tougher minor league players always have a strong following and why not put a little extra cash in their pocket, uh, along the way. So I would definitely check out hit club hockey for uh, five for fighting merchandise. And, uh, We'll all learn a little bit more about this company when Alec uploads that episode uh, with Kurt, who is the boss of Hit Club Hockey. Uh, also, check out Alec's Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> with with some of the rules that came down today from the ECHL, uh, it, it just they love shooting themselves in the foot. But um, but I'm not going to get too into that because I'm hoping when Alec releases his episode, uh, he'll get more into that. But, uh, who knows, honestly, who knows what kind of content Alec will have on his YouTube channel going forward. Um, also a return this week of the five and a game podcast with Jordan from the Maritimes, also a member of the hockey podcast network, like myself, like Darren, like Alec, um, hockey podcast network is just snatching up all the, uh, very good uh, hockey fight shows that aren't hosted by uh, former players. And um, no, not going to say it anyway. So uh, no, I'll just leave it, leave it just like that. Um, no, I'm not going to say it, but anyway, five in a game with Jordan, his latest episode. Um, it gives an update on, on his show and the future of his show. Uh, Jordan lives in the Maritimes, but he works in Alberta. So I think he's home for a good chunk of time. And then he, he's at work for a good chunk of time. And uh, he was kind of just filling everybody in on, uh, on what the future holds. Also uh, gave Ryan hands top five toughest opponents. So, um, so definitely give that a listen. And Jordan, I know, I know, I know I still owe you the book. Uh, I have no excuses. I'm sorry. The only thing I can tell you is you're, you're in good company with people that I have to send the book to. So, uh, I will get it out by the weekend. Uh, that is my promise to you. So I apologize again. Finally, I'd like to talk about Terry Ryan. Uh, if you're listening to the show, chances are, you know, who Terry Ryan is uh, former first round pick of the Canadians, former NHLer. Uh, really is doing very well for himself starring in Shorzy has his own podcast tales with TR on the hockey podcast network as well. So uh, Terry's latest episode is with his dad, Terry senior, who is one of the all time great guests for any podcast. Terry senior has stories. I think the expression is stories for days. Senior has stories for years. That guy is an unbelievable storyteller. So uh, if you're not familiar with Senior, definitely uh, definitely check out Tales with TR. And, uh, you know, for all these guys, not just myself, uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, you know, please download the episodes. Um, none of us are millionaires. And, um, you know, it puts a little extra money in our pocket and, and, and we can track the downloads. So, uh, so if you don't mind, please download, don't stream. And also if you could rate and review the shows that definitely helps us out too, with the algorithm, we appear in more and more, uh, you may also like, uh, type stuff. So, uh, so if you wouldn't mind doing that, I'd appreciate it. So I am a game used hockey collector, uh, jerseys, buckets, gloves, sticks, uh, anything related to enforcers, more specifically Islanders and Quebec Nordiques, but um, I would listen to anything 
uh, to be honest with you. If uh, if you have something that you're interested in selling, uh, <laughs> hey, a lot of the stuff I can't afford, but maybe we could work out a trade or, or something like that, especially if it's for a player that I'm a huge fan of. So if it's um, if it's something you have in mind, please get in touch with me, either by a by a via is what I meant to say. Sounds like I have a cold via um, text, email, or direct message. I want to wish everybody, well, I'm not going to wish it. It happened already. I hope everybody had an amazing Canada Day and Independence Day. Uh, ours was very low key. It was uh, Andrea and I. We had a, we grilled a little bit and uh, then we spent the rest of the night uh, trying to keep Penny calm with all the fireworks. But uh, low key, uh, low key Independence Day for us. But, uh, you know, of course, the meaning of, of Independence Day shouldn't be lost on anybody. So before we get to the the top eight fights of this year, uh, there's been some news recently. Um, the NHL draft occurred and also free agency started. So um, unlike a lot of people who will give you their opinions on the NHL draft, I'm not. I'll just tell you what I know. Um, I'm looking at their draft now. They drafted five players. Uh, they drafted um, two Europeans and three North Americans, uh, Danny Nelson from the U.S. National Development Team, Justin Gill played in the Quebec League with the Sherbrooke Phoenix, and uh, Zach Schultz also with the U.S. National Developmental Team. So those are their three North American picks. Then there's Jesse Nurmi from Finland and Dennis Goodbog from Sweden. So, hey, listen, if you know me, you know that uh, I'm very partial to the North American players, but these guys are Islanders now. They're Islander property. So I hope they all make it. I hope they all contribute. I hope they all do well. Um, but I was very happy to see that their uh, their first pick, which was number 49, uh, they picked the North American and Danny Nelson. So, uh, so, I mean, I don't see any of these kids making an impact for at least a few seasons. We'll never know. You know well, we'll know eventually, but we have no idea now how well they drafted. Uh, but, you know, I wish them all luck. and. Um, you know, hopefully they contribute down the road. The bigger news this week for the Islanders were their free agent signings. Uh, so I know you're, I, I know, uh, well, they had, they had to re-sign a bunch of their own players. And um, so they re-signed Ilya Sorokin. I believe that was an eight-year deal. You think I'd have it in front of me, but I don't. Uh, and I love Sorokin. I don't care what they gave him. He's the best goalie in hockey. Um, uh, I think there's a few, a few, uh, competitors for that title, but, um, but I, I think, I think he's the best goalie in hockey hands down. So, uh, let's keep that kid happy. Let's give him, uh, you know, roll out the red carpet for him because if this team's going to have any success going forward, it's going to start with Ilya Sorokin. Uh, the, also his partner in crime, Varlamov. So Varlamov got four years. I think everyone can universally agree that a four-year deal for Semyon Varlamov at this point is probably two years too many. But on the flip side, um, they are, in my opinion, the best goalie tandem because you see when starters go down, sometimes the backups are just horrendous. And at least you have a proven veteran in Varlamov. And maybe it was just, you know, it's, we know they'll be together for four years and um, I mean, barring a trade of Varlamov, but uh, you know, I'm sure it keeps, keeps Roken happy, keeps Varlamov happy. And, you know, if everything goes according to plan, you know, for the next four years, you have a pretty good, uh, pretty good tandem there. Um, the few times I've seen uh, Skarik play in Bridgeport, I think he's pretty good. Um, but again, the issue with, with bringing up a Skarik to back up Sorokin is, He's he's also a kid, and and you're gonna have this kid play once a week. Um, it, it's not conducive for a young goalie to be a backup when there's no hope of him overtaking the starter. So, um, and I know I don't think Shkarik's numbers are anything great. Like it's not like he's tearing up the American League to the point where Sorokin has to look over his shoulder. So it makes sense to have a veteran backup for Sorokin. So. You know, do I think the term is a little long for Varlamov? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like I said, if it keeps them happy, then you know, let's let's keep the goalies happy. 
Uh, Engvall. Seven years for Engvall. Now, I, I like Engvall. I think he's a nice player. Do I think you needed to wrap him up for seven years? No fucking way. I would think three or four years tops would have sufficed. There's nobody, nobody out there giving him seven years. Now, I understand on the flip side of that, uh, going forward in, in the latter years of the contract, should Engvall become, you know, a, a second line player putting up the points, that contract will be a steal for the money he's making. But um, I think Engvall's a nice player. I think he's, I think he's perfect for the third line, maybe in a pinch, you can bump him up to second, but I just think the tenure, the term is way too long. I don't think you needed to do it. Um, but this seems to be uh, the new Lou. Um, I'm going to get into that in a second, but finally Scott Mayfield. Now this one is one that you think I would love, but I don't. Um, when Scott Mayfield first came up to the Islanders, he was very physical. He hit everything in sight. He dropped the gloves when he needed to. Uh, it was the perfect physical defenseman, especially for this era of hockey. Um, Mayfield playing the way he does doesn't really make him much of an impact if we go back to the early 2000s or even earlier than that. But for this, th- these level of hockey, let's say, or the, the way the game is played now. Uh, Mayfield really was a, a perfect physical defenseman. But it seems that as the years have gone on, and I understand he still hits a little bit. I'm not I'm not taking everything away from him. But as the years have gone on, it seems like he's trying to become more of a player and less of a physical player. And I think his play has actually gotten worse i think when he was starting out and physical play was a key part of his resume i think he was a better all-around player i don't know if someone got in his ear i don't know you know if that's an agent or or coach whatever it is or if he's just worried about maybe taking an extra shot because you know nowadays you take a penalty you got to worry about being benched um i'm not sure what it is but Mayfield over the last couple of years, for me, has been a bit of a disappointment. Now, he's going to be on the third pair. So, you know, he's not a first or second pair defenseman. He's going to be on the third pair. And I also am not naive to think that a defenseman can't necessarily take the liberties of a fourth line forward. I get that. But there have been a few times over the past couple of years where shit's gone down on the ice. And I thought Mayfield should have been the first one in there, and he wasn't. And that was really disappointing to me. But like I said, overall, to me, it seems like as he's trying to develop into a better player, it's taking away from his all-around game, and especially his physical game. So I don't necessarily object to re-signing Mayfield. I think he's I think he is overpaid, and I think that the term is too long. And the thing with all these contracts is I remember the Lou Lamarillo from New Jersey when he, he was a guy that was a real pain in the ass to negotiate with, be it a free agent from another team or a free agent from his team. Um, he was a real hard line guy where now it seems like he's giving out these contracts. Like he's Santa Claus. I, the New Jersey Lou would never in a million years give Engvall the contract he gave him. And I really find it hard to believe he would have given Mayfield the contract he gave him. Does he does he play a little more hardball with Varlamov? Probably. I, I mean, but maybe at the end of the day, you have a guy like Sorokin, so you, you keep your backup happy. But this this new Lou, where he's just giving out these seven, six, seven year deals like candy, I don't know. Now, if these play, you know, like I said, if Engvall prospers under this. You know, five years from now, we're going to be saying, man, Engvall's a steal. I, I just don't see it happening. I think he's a nice player. I think he's I think he's a definite contributor. But this uh, new Lou with, with the with the deals, I just don't know about it. I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, not sold on this uh, on, on what he's doing. So I don't know. You know, and the thing is, I readily admit. 
I don't know what's going to happen. You know, you read some of these these um, Twitter scouts and these Twitter experts, and they'll pretty much tell you, well, you know, this is bullshit and this is great and this is this and this is that. And they say it with such certainty. It's like the who won the draft? Who won the 2023 draft? Well, how the fuck do you know? I mean, obviously, Connor Bedard should have been the number one pick. But if he shits the bed, did the Blackhawks win the draft? No. They took the guy they were supposed to take. But, you know, it, it just, especially when it's the day after the first round and, and we're already talking about who won the draft. I mean, pump the brakes. I understand you have to get content out there, but some of these guys are a bit rich. So anyway, this episode, episode 117, the top eight Islanders fights from 2022 and 23. Well, 2022-23. Um, I know, top eight is a weird number, isn't it? <laughs> Who does a top eight? Well, it was supposed to be a top ten. There were <laughs> there were ten fights that uh, I could put on a top ten list. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, eight was a bit of a stretch. So, uh, so that was a little tough that that's the truth. Um, so just a little breakdown on the fights from last season. There were 19 total fights. There were two in the preseason and there were 17 in the regular season. The team leader in scraps was Matt Martin with seven. And that gives him 87 total in his Islanders career. Uh, second on the list was Ross Johnston with three. That gives him 21 total for his Islanders career. Then we had a two-way tie for third. That was Anders Lee and Oliver Wallstrom uh, with two. That uh, Lee now has 13 career fights for the Islanders, and Wallstrom with those two gives him five career fights for the Islanders. And finally, uh, a three-way tie for fourth with one fight each. Scott Mayfield, it was his 14th fight with the Islanders. Casey Zizekas had won. That was his seventh fight with the Islanders. And um, making his Islander debut in the fight category was Alexander Romanov. He had won, so obviously that's his one career fight with the Islanders. Uh, I can run down these fights for you very quickly, and then and then I can give you my ranking and, uh, and a little bit of a breakdown. You know, it's unfortunate, 19 fights in a full season, you know, back in the day, I think Mick and Bomber may have had those in a month, probably a good November. That would have been uh, uh, Mick and Bomber's total for the whole season. But I digress. Uh, in the preseason, uh, the only entry from the preseason was Ross Johnston. He fought Ronnie Attard of the Flyers and Jared Tenorti, then with the Rangers. As we move on to the regular season, uh, first regular season fight for the Islanders was November 3rd. Anders Lee versus Nico McCola of St. Louis. I don't think Nico McCola is making anyone forget about Tony Twist in the fight department. I can't imagine so. Um, uh, November 10th, Matt Martin versus Josh Brown. Uh, November 14th, Ross Johnston versus Austin Watson. November 21st, Oliver Wallstrom versus Rasmus Sandin of the Leafs. November 25th, Anders Lee versus Matthew Olivier of Columbus. The next day, Oliver Wallstrom versus Tony D'Angelo of the Flyers. The only game this entire season that had more than one fight in it, November 29th, 2022, Matt Martin versus Zach McEwen and Ross Johnston versus Nicholas Delorier of the Flyers. As the calendar turned to December, December 2nd, Matt Martin versus Michael McCarron of Nashville. December 4th, Casey Zizekas versus Reese Johnston of Chicago. December 9th, Alexander Romanov versus Michael McLeod of the Devils. Matt Martin had the next two fights 10 days apart. Uh, first was A.J. Greer of the Bruins, and then 10 days later was Giovanni Smith, who had uh, recently been traded to the Panthers. Now we get to the 2023 portion of this. Only four fights. Uh, one fight in January, Matt Martin against Austin Watson. Watson decided to try on uh, both of the Islanders' big boys last year, and good on him for doing that. Uh, in February, February 26th, Scott Mayfield versus Pierre-Luc Dubois of Winnipeg. Uh, two days later, 
February 28th, Ross Johnston versus Ryan Reeves in the heavyweight matchup of the season. And finally, in March, the last fight of the year, Matt Martin versus Noel, Ach- Noel Achari of Toronto. Um, I'm going to talk talk about that in just a few minutes. But, um, you know, it's really unfortunate. Uh, as far as me putting out content for this program, I definitely plan on doing a top 10 uh, for each season that I can. Now, I believe for 21-22, I did um, a breakdown of the whole season, including the fights. So the next one would be uh, 2020-21. And I don't remember how many fights there were. I I hope it's more than this because you set out to do a top 10, you watch all the fights, and then you realize, holy fuck, I don't even have enough for a top 10. Uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, for you people out there listening, I'm looking at my top eight right now. Um, This really could have been a top five. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It really could have been a top five. And I'll tell you why as we go through eight through six. Absolutely. This this could have just been a top five, and that's pretty embarrassing. But what can you do? This is the NHL in 2023 right now. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Reese's. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. You people have no idea how many times I had to try to record that. So I I should play that for you one day. So here we go. We'll start off with number eight, and that's Matt Martin versus Noel Achari. Uh, You know, this one would not be in the top eight. It wouldn't. The reason why I said the the first three, um, the actual fights themselves, not great. Uh, This one starts off, Achari gave uh, Brock Nelson a very violent hit in the corner. To be fair, Nelson was changing direction, and Achari, there's no way he could have stopped. He was already in motion for the hit. But that being said, it was definitely something that Achari would have to answer for. And as usual... Matt Martin was the guy to hold someone accountable. Um, just side note, on the play, there was no penalty on the hit, nor was any suspension applied. So that, that sort of, it wasn't really a dirty hit, but it was definitely a violent hit. Um, now, I don't know much about Achari, but apparently he doesn't shy away from the rough stuff. Uh, but in this fight, after dropping the gloves, he did little more than go down, take a few light punches from Martin before getting bat- back up being separated by the officials. It was a classy move by Martin not going for the jugular. He could have very easily. Achari gave him every opportunity to really put him down, but uh, Achari was recovering from a recent head issue. Now, being the old school fan I am, it does beg the question, if you're on Toronto and you saw that hit, you know that Achari is going to have to answer for it. If you're his teammate, you know he's coming back from a head injury. I don't know if it's a concussion, whatever it was, probably a concussion. So you're his teammate. You know he's going to have to answer for that. 
do you not step in uh, for Chari? Do you not maybe go up to Martin, uh, you know, before the period starts or whatever, or on the bench and say, listen, you know, he's got something going on with his head. He's just coming back from a concussion. You know, I understand he's got to answer for it, but I'm going to step in for him. Whatever it is, I uh, just, you know, I, I think it, I must be crazy, you know, honestly, uh, but I, all I know is I give full marks to Achari for stepping up against Martin, pretty much doing all he can do. Um, he had to be wary of any any legit shots to the head. And Martin is a good guy, so he wasn't going to give him another concussion. So, uh, But I do wonder why nobody on Toronto kind of stepped up for him. Number seven, Casey Zizekas against Reese Johnson. Now, Reese Johnson wanted revenge. For case, uh, revenge on Casey Zizekas for running Alex Stalock uh, earlier in the season in Chicago. It wasn't, um, let's put it this way, it wasn't a Mick Vakota running Mike Richter run. It wasn't Gore Donnelly running Brian Hayward run. Uh, I think it was, uh, I don't want to say incidental. Casey's not that kind of player, uh, but it, it happened. I mean, he did run him and uh, and he was down for the count. Um, so the, the next game, the rematch at the Coliseum, uh, Reese Johnson steps up for his goalie challenges, Casey Sezikis. And unlike a lot of players nowadays, uh, Sezikis had no issue obliging him. It was a pretty even fight. No damage was done by either guy, but the weird thing is at a certain point, uh, Johnson and Sezikis actually separated and they were getting ready to square off to go, to go again. And at any point, the officials could have jumped in and separated them, but they let them go. These two guys probably had to be thinking to themselves, holy shit, we're going to go again. Um, I'm sure the officials were definitely spoken to after the game for letting it continue. Um, once the fight resumed, Sezikis landed the only real telling punch in the fight. It was a nice uppercut, uh, knocked off Johnson's helmet. But uh, again, the reason why I picked this fight, not aesthetically, it, it's not... Maguire and Churla, but it's just the fact that um, Sezikis was challenged after um, hurting the goalie, and uh, and he answered the bell. And Sezikis is is a physical player, but he's not a fighter, and uh, but he stepped up. He didn't wait for anyone to kind of step in for him. Number six, this fight amongst uh, a lot of Islander fans, they love this fight, and I think because I've been in this hobby, the hockey fight hobby, for so long. Um, I watch fights a little bit differently than a lot of people, not other hockey fight nerds. I think we all probably watch them the same, uh, but the casual fan, casual Islanders fan, and I probably watch the fight a little bit differently. This is the fight that Oliver Wallstrom had with Tony D'Angelo. Now this play started, uh, Alexander Romanov took a big hit on Kevin Hayes and Nick Delorier doing his job, took exception and immediately grabbed uh, Romanov. Now, in spite of what I said earlier about Scott Mayfield, I want to give him credit here as he was the first guy in after Delorier. And after that, it's pick a partner time. And D'Angelo grabs Wallstrom and starts throwing rights. Nothing really lands as Wallstrom has a visor. So D'Angelo's throwing punches, but it's really more of an off-balance thing. Uh, I will say Wallstrom sets himself and starts answering with lefts. But again, they both have visors. They both have helmets. It's really nothing of consequence. Uh, in the in the fracas, uh, D'Angelo's helmet does come off, and Wallstrom lands a left. Wallstrom then takes D'Angelo down and outmuscles him by keeping him into a turtle, keeping him in a turtle position. Uh, the officials come in to separate. The crowd's going crazy now. I was at this game, and it was great to see. And from the stands, from our seats, there's a uh, a, f- a moment where Wallstrom is keeping D'Angelo down and it almost looks like from a distance that he's actually slamming D'Angelo's head into the ice. Uh, that was not the case. He was doing it pretty much to, uh, to keep him down again. It just, um, it's not like the old days where you kind of get jacked up for non-fighters to actually fight. Uh, that's still the case now, but now there's so few actual enforcers and actual fighters that, more times than not, you're seeing a non-fighter in a fight, and that's the case here with Wallstrom. Um, he definitely had a good showing for himself, and the real reason that this fight 
is included uh, because it was the precursor and it really set the scene for the rematch a few days later in Philadelphia. And we will get to that very soon. Number five, Ross Johnston and Ryan Reeves. Reeves with the uh, Minnesota Wild. And and honestly, in a league where two legitimate heavyweights squaring off happens as often as a Bigfoot sighting, Johnston and Reeves have a standing appointment, it seems like, every game they play. First time on the ice together a few minutes into the first period, and they square off, believe it or not, to a raucous ovation from the crowd. I know, I know that the, the media and hockey wants to portray this as, oh, people hate fighting, but you know what? Everybody was on their feet. It's crazy how that works. Uh, as far as the fight goes, the fight itself, I give the win to Reeves, but there ha- something has to be said for, for Ross Johnston. He's only put into games, it seems like, where there's a, a physical presence on the other side, and you only get so much from practice. And so Johnston, I don't know how much he played before this game. I don't know how much he played after, but if you look at the games that he's played, it seems like he's maybe playing two to three times a month. And, you know, for, for a guy that's asked to do this job, the toughest job in sports, uh, I think this guy deserves full marks. And, uh, and, you know, you get uh, other people who don't know anything about the role and they go, well, he's getting paid seven figures and he has a great seat most nights to watch the game. And to that, I always say, you just don't have any idea the mindset of a professional athlete. I know the money's nice. I, I, nobody's going to deny that. But you want to you want to be in there and you want to contribute. And I know Johnston wants to contribute, and he definitely can. He can definitely contribute. He's a better player than most most people give him credit for. So um, I really, you know, this was just a clash of the titans. Like I said, there there are so few matchups in this league now where you're going to get a legit heavyweight on both sides and the fight actually comes to fruition. Now, Ryan Reeves recently signed with Toronto. So hopefully if Ross isn't traded, and, and to be honest, I'm surprised he hasn't been traded yet. Um, if he's not traded, it'll be good to see him dress against the, against the Leafs, hopefully. You'd have to imagine he'd, he'd dress against the Leafs. And... You know, on the subject of Johnston being traded, um, no surprise here. Johnston and Matt Martin are my two favorite players on the team. Matt Martin is in every game. Uh, Johnston, like I said, he dresses two or three times a month. I'd almost rather Ross gets traded somewhere where he's actually going to play than have him here dressing, you know, a couple of times a month, going games and games at a time without dressing. Um you know, he deserves better. You know, he's, he's the ultimate team guy. Um, and if it meant he would go somewhere where he'd play maybe 40, 50 games a year, I'd drive him to the airport just because he deserves it. He's He's been such a valued member of this team. If you ask his teammates, because he stands up for each and every one of them, I, I almost wish he would go somewhere where he'd play. I'd hate to see him go. I wish he'd play his whole career here. But it's pretty obvious he's pigeonholed into this role, and he's only going to be playing against teams that have heavyweights. So I hope he stays, but if he goes, I'll be happy for him if he goes to a place where he's going to get a chance to play. Uh, Number four, again, Ross Johnston. And this is one of the fights that I alluded to earlier. After that uh, melee at UBS involving the Islanders and the Flyers, uh, a few days later, the team square off literally in Philadelphia uh, off the heels of the melee on Long Island. This rematch did not disappoint. How many times it does do teams have home and home or they play two twice in a week or whatever it is. And the first game gets a little chippy. And then the second game, there's absolutely nothing. Uh, I mean, that happens more times than I care to, uh, than I care to remember. Uh, but the second face off of this game brought the second fight. Uh, and that was Johnson and Delorier. No real damage done by either guy. You know, it's unfortunate these guys have to wear the buckets with the visors because it really takes away from s- some potential really great tilts. And this is another example of Ross Johnston playing against the Flyers because they have uh, Nick Delorier in the lineup. Um, Nick Delorier's knuckles were definitely the worst for wear. He was he was the more active fighter, but most of the punches, if not all of them, 
landed on Ross's helmet or his visor. Uh, so his knuckles were definitely bleeding. That was obvious um, as they skated to the penalty box. Uh, but this was a case of Johnson and the Islanders holding Delorier accountable for roughing up Romanov. I love both of these guys. You know, in that game at UBS, Delorier did what he had to do. I mean, that's his job to protect his players. And he saw Romanov hit Hayes and um, he did what he had to do. And then in turn, Ross Johnston is there to protect his team. And um, the next matchup, him and Deloria get, get right at it seven seconds into the game. So full marks for both guys. I love both of those guys. So, uh, you know, it, it's hopefully we get another season of this uh, Flyers and, uh, and Islanders with the rough stuff reminiscent to the 70s and 80s. Number three, the captain, Anders Lee, against Matthew Olivier. Uh, this fight starts because uh, right off the faceoff, Lee absolutely steamrolls Andrew Peak. maybe gives him an extra shot. Olivier didn't like that. He immediately challenges Lee. The two go at it. Um, based on history, Olivier is the more accomplished fighter, and it shows. Uh, but Lee doesn't back down at all, and eventually they're broken up by the officials. I, I'm a firm believer that... Um, if you have a captain like Anders Lee, um, he should scrap a couple times a year, not just to scrap, but they're, you know, it's part of leadership. I, you know, if you're captain Sidney Crosby, maybe you don't want him dropping gloves, but um, a guy like Anders Lee, he's done it. He's fought guys like Tom Wilson when Wilson didn't want to fight Eric Bolton. I know maybe some of you are sick of hearing me say that. And maybe some of you love when I say that, but when Eric Bolton wanted to fight Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson went right after Anders Lee and, uh, and Lee, you know, he didn't back down. So uh, it's one of the things I like about Lee, and it's one of the things I bring up if I have to defend him to other Islanders fans. Uh, people say that he's lost a step, and I just say, you know, there, he, he has. I mean, he definitely has, but, um, you know, I, I like the fact that he doesn't mind dropping the gloves and, and defending a teammate here or there if it has to be. Uh, in this case, his physical play led to the scrap with Olivier, and he took on a guy with a, a much heavier fighter pedigree than himself so full marks to the captain on that one number two back at it ross johnston now i know i said this guy's name incorrectly uh earlier in the episode a preseason fight uh back in philadelphia um ronnie attard no i think i, I keep saying it wrong it's Adderd. It's Ronnie Adderd, and I apologize. I'm sure Ronnie is a big fan of the show, and I butchered his name twice. Uh, butchered his name twice. It was easy to say Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie Adderd. Uh, we're going to file this one under wrong place, wrong time for Ronnie. Uh, this fight was very one-sided in favor of Johnston, but, you know, this is a preseason game. I know Adderd is a college kid. Uh, he could have easily turtled, and... As I keep saying this, a lot of guys would have turtled. You uh, you lift your head up, and all of a sudden, you have King Kong in front of you. And unless you land something lucky, you know that uh, he might put the beat down on you. And, you know, to his credit, Adder hung in there. I mean, he did definitely take some shots, and uh, he definitely lost the fight. But one more definitely, he definitely had to make an impression with the Flyers brass because um, – you take it on the, the biggest bull on the other team and, uh, and you live to tell about it. So full marks to, uh, for Ronnie Adderd. And of course, you know, just, you know, what else can I say about Ross Johnston that I haven't said already? And that brings us to number one, my number one fight from last season. Uh, again, it's a residual effect of that flyers game on the Island. And this was uh, almost right off the opening face off. And I'll explain so uh, center ice, we're, we're here for the opening faceoff, and Anders Lee uh, lines up at left wing. But once the puck is dropped, he immediately heads to the bench, and he's replaced by Matt Martin. Martin's on the ice, him and McEwen. Uh, I don't even know if I said this. This is Matt Martin versus Zach McEwen. <laughs> so Martin and McEwen give the nod to each other, and the gloves are off. McEwen has the advantage in the beginning because he has a helmet with a visor, and Martin, of course, is grandfathered in. He doesn't wear a visor. But as the wild punches are thrown by both players, Martin gets McEwen's helmet off, and then he lands a few of his own. Um, and you could see Zach, and I love Zach McEwen, so I'm not saying he uh, he grabbed Martin's legs for you know because he was hurt or anything. But um, at that point, after he had taken a few, he grabbed Martin's legs and uh, and he tackled him to the ice. 
I'm really going to miss Zach McEwen next year. I think he went to LA. It was fun having him and Delorier in Philly because for the most part, I, I always knew those games were going to be fun physical games and uh, Martin was definitely going to play and, and chances are Johnston was going to play too. So uh, that to me was the most fun fight of the season. No doubt about it. Now, I'm not going to ask you to reach out to me with your top eight Islander fights, but I am going to ask you to do me one favor. Over a week ago, I posted across all my social media accounts um, my top 10 all-time Islanders enforcer list. And in the posts, I specifically ask people to email their list to me. Don't put anything in the comments because it was spread out probably between seven and 10 posts across all my social media. And I didn't feel like going in and checking their replies all the time. So I, I actually made a specific email for this endeavor. And I said, please email it to me. Okay. What did I get? Instead of people taking the time to email to me, I got, I think one or two people gave me their top 10, but more often than not, what did I get? I got more of this guy is too high. This guy is too low. Where is this guy? He's tougher than the Matt Martin. I had Matt Martin number 10 on my list. It was that guy's tougher than Matt Martin. This guy, the is too high. The is too low. I mean, it was just like, I understand that it's social media and basically everybody has a social media account and there's no, um, intellect level or reading comprehension level uh, for social media. And you know exactly what I mean. But I thought it would be a fun way to involve the listeners, involve you people in a future episode. Now, I put my top 10 list out there and I kept trying to tell people, don't worry about my top 10 list. I'm not changing my top 10 list ever because the way the game is going, nobody is going to crack that top 10. And actually, the posting of the top 10 actually led me to uh, do really have the desire to do an 11, 11 through 20. And I think that one would be more uh, more subjective because now the, once we get to 11 to 20, you're going to have guys that maybe had shorter tenures here but had a lot of fights. A lot of factors will come into play in 11 through 20, and I do see myself doing an episode like that later on in the summer or in the fall. But folks, please, I ask of you, as a favor to me, if you like this show, I want to involve you in this show. So take a minute, please. Um, <laughs> really, just send an email. I'll say it slow. It's nyislanderstop10 at gmail.com. I'll even put a link to the email in the show notes. Okay? Um, just do me a favor. I mean, listen, everybody's top 10 is not going to be like mine, but I would I would venture to say probably seven or eight guys in my top 10 will probably be in most people's top 10. So I'm not even asking you to go back and do a ton of research. I'm not. You're going to see the names and you're going to probably rearrange them. Maybe add a guy, take a guy out. But I, I really want to involve everybody in this. I have to admit the the responses I've received so far in terms of numbers have been a little disappointing. And I know I have great listeners and I know I have a lot of Islander fan listeners. I'm sure the majority of my listeners, I would imagine, are Islanders fans. Maybe. Um, so, folks, please do me a favor. Uh, I'm going to leave the email account open for probably another week or two. I'm hoping to get as many entries as possible. Um, take the time. Come up with your New York Islanders all-time top 10 enforcer list. And please email it to nyislanderstop10 at gmail.com. Going forward. Well, I'm actually pretty excited going forward here. Um, the next, I have an interview in the can, which I'm going to put out part one next week. And this interview is, uh, this, this guest is a son of a previous guest. And then something that I think is really cool. I'm going to, after that, uh, I might have a solo episode. I may incorporate an off the Island episode with one of the Nordiques. 
that interviews that I had for Nordic's Knuckles. But after that, uh, next week I'm interviewing the father of one of the guests that I've already interviewed. Now this will be an off the island episode. He has nothing to do with the Islanders, but I, I kind of was thinking about it today. I'm like, this is pretty cool that I'll have a, a son as the next episode of a previous guest. And then down the road, I'm going to have the father of a previous guest on. And, uh, and I think that's pretty cool. And I'm really looking forward to the interview. I've already done the interview with the son, you know, the one that I'm going to break next week or upload next week. Uh, and I'm doing, I'm in the middle of my research now for the one that I'm going to do next week. And, uh, the only thing I'll say is if you're of a certain age and you collected fight DVDs and you have fight DVDs from the early to mid eighties, this is a name that appeared on almost every DVD at least once. And it's actually pretty cool. Cause I don't know if he's ever done a show before. And, um, like I said, you break out your fight lists. Um, you're going to see this name probably on every AHL fight DVD in the early to mid 1980s. He's on there at least once or twice. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, other than that, folks, that is the end of this episode. Uh, not too long of an episode. So uh, I guess that's what you're going to get with these solo ones. I guess it's also what you get when you try to do a countdown of uh, fights from 2022, 20, 23. But uh, I hope that you people enjoyed this. And until next week, everybody out there, please stay safe. Mm-hmm.